Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio, live and local here in Richmond, Virginia. 12 to 3 p.m. and always available on the go on the Odyssey app. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. But I wanted to catch you guys up on anything you might have missed around the sports world. It's not the sports wallet. It's not the sports phone. It's time for the sports app. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Whoa, are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64K. This one, this one. The sports app. And, of course, Richmond, the last five years, has been in the top ten for NBA viewing. And that's where we begin with the NBA season beginning this week. And last night we saw the first performance by Victor Wembenyama and the Spurs as they faced off against Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, and the Dallas Mavericks. And Victor Wembenyama hit his first three-point shot of his career in the first quarter, but the Mavs would go on to win 126-119. to Here's the call on WOAI. Johnson Vassell for San Antonio. Front court left, dribble handoff, so hand to Vassell. Works right around the screen by Wembenyama. Back to Wemby on the pick and pop. We'll try a straightaway three. And that's the Wemby Trois from Devin Vassell. 13-7, San Antonio. Wemby looked like a created player. It's so much fun to watch because he's he just looks like a guy out of NBA Street or a video game. He's got the longest arms in the world. So skinny. And that's the problem that I talked about uh, before the season. I, I kept saying... What's going to stop people from bullying him out of the paint and forcing him to be a jump shooter? Nothing. He's too skinny. He had six points through three quarters. Now, he did turn it on in the fourth, but so did Kyrie. So did Luka Doncic. And I was watching on ESPN, and at halftime, new ESPN analyst Bob Myers, who used to be the GM of the Golden State Warriors, said, look, the Mavs don't play D. They gave up almost 70 points in the first half. But what they do is they do have the two of the best closers in basketball with Luka and Kyrie, and that's exactly what they did last night. Kyrie hitting a corner three, and then Luka hitting a step-back three in the face of Vector Wembenyama as the Mavs would defeat the Spurs 126-119. to Here's the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs, Greg Popovich, after this game speaking about the debut for Wemby. What were you saying to him on the sidelines? Because sometimes it seems like you had well, some It was a 48-minute game. I talked to him the whole night. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. We're just trying to educate him. and uh, It's a new position for him. He's learning something, you know, every practice, every game. He's going to learn. Um, but I love his, his energy, uh, you know, his defensive energy. Offensively, he's learning how to, you know, control a group out there. So it'll take a little bit of time to gelling together but I, I was really pleased with him overall there's there's parts of the game his game where he just looks unbelievable he's so dominant like blocking shots rebounding there was a planned transition where they threw it to him and nobody could stop him they were forced to foul him and he dunked it and won but there's times in the game where he seems to disappear and stand around the 30 point line here's the rookie himself victor Wembanyama, talking about his nba debut you know doesn't change anything for me it's of course, uh, I want to give the best show to the fans, and uh, especially in, in, in here, San Antonio, and in France. But, uh, you know, it's, it's still my job. I still got responsibilities towards my, my coach and my teammates. So, really, it's, it's not what matters. Continuing with NBA action from last night, the Washington Wizards season began, and next week we'll catch up 
with Dave Johnson and bring back Wizards Wednesdays. But what a dud. Losing to the Pacers, 143 to 120. The Wiz gave up 23 pointers, 143 points to a team that's not that good. Yeah, Washington can score, but they still do not defend, which leads me to the question, why did we keep Wes Unsell Jr. as the head coach? He's supposed to be a defensive coach. They don't defend at all. It's so frustrating to watch them play. Former Wizard, Kristaps Porzingis, began his career with the Celtics and actually made history. So he finished with 30 points, 8 rebounds, 4 block shots, including 9 straight points in the 4th quarter as the Celtics would defeat the Knicks at Madison Square Garden 108-104. to But what was crazy was Porzingis set a franchise record for most points in a Celtics debut, surpassing Dominique Wilkins' 25 in 1994. Porzingis said after the game, that was awesome. I'm not going to lie, playing here at the Garden is always special as the home team, obviously, but also on the road. It's really fun. We stayed poised, we stayed calm, and we were able to finish the game out. Rough start for the Chicago Bulls this season. They lose to the Thunder 124-104. to After the game, Zach Levine and the rest of the Bulls called a players-only meeting after game one of the NBA season because it was not how they envisioned the start of the season. Bulls guard Zach Levine said, guys want to win. You put up a game like this in game one, you're going to have to have some conversations because guys are frustrated and you should be. Let's move over to the NHL here on the Sports App. And of course, every day on the Sports App, we track Alex Ovechkin's hunt for history. Needs 70 goals to tie Wayne Gretzky. 71 to become the greatest goal scorer of all time. And he was on the ice for 20 minutes in five seconds. Had four shots on goal. And the Caps got the win 6-4. to four, But it all started there thanks to Anthony Mantha. With this goal assisted by Alexi Potras in the first period. Here's the call on our sister station in D.C. WJFK. And a face-off win to Carlson. We'll clear this away to center off of the stick of Beck Malenstein. Fourth line without a point so far this season. Here's Mantha in along the right side. Shooting, he scores! Anthony Mantha keeps it low against Akira Schmidt. And for the first time this season, the Capitals win a lead. 13-23 to go on the first. It's one nothing. Washington. And then in the third period, a lot of people like to say, oh, empty net goals shouldn't count. Well, they do if you're chasing uh, the great one, Wayne Gretzky. The great eight, Alex Ovechkin scores this open net goal in the third period as the Caps beat the Devils 6-4. to four. A minute 50 to go as Ferrari finishes off Jack Hughes with a big hit in the corner. Puck stays in for New Jersey. Left side, he's sheer. He'll center, and he'll sail all the way through to the corner. Minute 40 left. Here's Ovechkin. Break into center. Empty net. Dead red. And see you later. Ovechkin's empty net goal with a minute 35 left. It is 6-4 Washington. The NFL returns tonight with Thursday night football. The Bucks against the Bills. The 3-3 Buccaneers against the 4-3 Bills. Let's hear from both teams' starting quarterbacks, starting with Bucks QB Baker Mayfield addressing the media ahead of their Thursday night football matchup. 
For us, it's kind of the same thing that we've been talking about, how to have more success on offense. And so the short week for us is all about communicating, being on the same page. Um, and with a defense like they present, they got a lot of pressure looks, good players, veteran guys that have a lot of experience. So we need to be on the same page. So that's, that's kind of the motto when a short week comes and um, just making sure that the over-communication part is uh, not left. And then Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Bills, addressed the media ahead of their matchup. And he wants to make sure that everyone knows that when they get the ball on offense, the goal is to score every single time. Here's QB1 for the Bills. Every time we step on the field, we want to score. And and, um, maybe, you know, it comes down to me. Maybe I've been not enough of that, you know, on on our team of saying, like, hey, like, we're going to get this done and this is how we're going to do it. Um, instead of, you know, let's, let's play against the defense's strengths, but let's, let's, let's figure out what our strengths are and play to those and make, make the defense play to, to our strengths. So um, I, don't, I don't know how that looks or what that looks like. You know, we're, we're just trying to go out there and, and score as many points as we can on offense. That's, that's our job. Um, you know, and again, we've got an opportunity. But again, this, this defense that we're playing, they do a lot of different things. they got a couple really good pass rushers. Um, they play the run very well. Their linebackers are, are very smart and savvy. They move around very well as well. So, um, you know, we're going to have our hands full. Over to Major League Baseball with the World Series beginning on Friday. Rangers against the Diamondbacks. Want to know who you guys are rooting for? Phone lines are always open, 833-804-0910. A terrible matchup there. Uh, I mean, it would have been so much cooler to see Phillies against Astros. Much bigger uh franchises and bigger fan bases but I'll be rooting for the Rangers to win the World Series over the D-backs I want Max Scherzer to get another championship Uh, but Major League Baseball big news Dusty Baker manager for the Strohs told USA Today yesterday that he wants to end his illustrious 26th career as a big league skipper that was of course was highlighted by last season's World Series win he said I'm grateful and thankful to the Astros organization for giving me the opportunity and to win a championship. I felt like they've been good for me and I've been good for them. What I really appreciate is that this organization has been totally honest and transparent with me on all things. Dusty Baker will retire at 74 years old. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Quick shout-out to Spider John, who has been listening to this program since I came to Richmond. And Stubb, he wants us to do more coverage of D3 sports. And you know what? If that's what the listeners want, I'm all for it. We've got four top 25 teams in the state, I know Randolph Macon has been spectacular. Last year, I had a buddy on the basketball team at CNU. Uh, they won the championship. So, absolutely, we're going to cover more uh, D3 sports. We'll work it out behind the scenes to, to get some interviews uh, with you guys in the upcoming weeks. But right now, want to talk a little NFL. We've got Thursday night football tonight. And you guys know on Thursdays, we like to go around the National Football League and rank the best games of the weekend. Stub, what's the bit? Three stars, two stars, one stores, star, or that's a snoozer. No I'm star. not watching. No star snoozer. No star snoozer. 
All right, let's do that right now here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL. NFL Hits on A1 Radio. Of course, we got to start Thursday Night Football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Buffalo Bills. Give me a a one-star matchup here, all right? I'll watch this game because I like I actually like Baker Mayfield, and I think Josh Allen uh, is always fun to watch because of his ability to kind of like keep plays alive and then run for yards. Give me the Bills to win this game and cover a seven and a half point spread. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a three star game. That's a three star game. That's a, that really is because the Jags have been hot this year. Uh, they're really one of the top teams in the AFC behind. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Steelers, you know, you never know what you're going to get from them offensively, but they do have a top-five defense. T.J. Watt seems to single-handedly help them win games sometimes. Uh, I'm going to get the – I'm going to pick the Jags to win on the road, but it's a three-star game. Could be in line to be AWOD's certified game of the week. Vegas Raiders at the Detroit Lions. I think the Lions win easily and cover the spread – and I will not be watching the Vegas Raiders. Snooze fast. Mm. Houston Texans at the Carolina Panthers. I thought they already played this game. No, thank you. Snooze fast. Mm. I mean, who wants to watch the Texans against the Panthers? Texans are going to win this game, and I'm going to look like an idiot because I said all of the rookie quarterbacks wouldn't make the postseason. But at least Bryce Young doesn't look good. And at least we know now that Anthony Richardson's out for the season. And Will Levis might get his first start, and he's going to stink it up for the Tennessee Titans, Rams at Cowboys. You know what? Give me another three-star matchup on that. Give me another three-star matchup on that. I don't know how good Dallas is this season. They seem to kind of be uh, Jekyll and Hyde. They have a good game, and then they have a stinker. Um, And the Rams are a tough opponent. I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. That's why I'm giving it three stars. Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. This kind of seems like it for for the Vikings here. Um, this is their last season with Kirk Cousins. All the reports are that they're going to move on from him at the end of the season. I've just canceled the Green Bay Packers, so I'm going to pick the Vikings to win. Just a one-star game, though. Just a slight star. Uh, let's go with Falcons at the Tennessee Titans. I think the Titans could hang close with them in this game, especially at home. Even though they're using that two-quarterback system, it's going to fail. Uh, but I think the Falcons get the win. Yeah, give me the Falcons in this uh, one-star affair. Falcons are coming off of a win against the Bucks, so possibly a two-game winning streak. New Orleans at the Colts. Saints win, but no stars. Snooze fest. We move on. Patriots at the Dolphins. Patriots came off the big win against the Bills, trying to, I guess, scratch and claw back into the division, but against Miami, in Miami, Dolphins win the game, Dolphins cover, uh, but Miami's offense is so good, I can't say this is a snooze fest, give me one start. Jets at Giants. (laughs) These New York teams battling against each other, Uh, nobody outside of New York has any interest in watching that. That is a snooze fest, Mm. a certified snooze fest of the week. Philadelphia Eagles at the Commanders. This was a great game last time. Went to overtime. And so I'm going to give it three stars as well. I think Washington knows their season's on the line. They have to come out and play in this game. They've also got to protect Sam Howell. And I think you will have 
a decent game. Maybe a little lower scoring than last time when the Eagles won in overtime. Uh, so I'll probably go like 24-21 or something like that. But I won't give out a winner until tomorrow. Uh, Cleveland at the Seattle Seahawks. That's a two-star game. Cleveland's unbelievable defensively. They do not have a good quarterback situation right now. Doesn't look like Deshaun Watson's going to be ready. It's going to be P.J. Walker. Uh, and then the Seattle Seahawks, uh, they're a great team at home, but they're going up against Miles Garrett. Uh, what did I say? Two stars on that one? That should be a good one. Uh, Chiefs at Broncos. Chiefs win and cover. And I'll watch the, that game because of the Chiefs offensively, but the Broncos are so bad. One star. One star. Yeah, yeah. Don't be too mad, mean to them. One star. Um, Bengals at 49ers. That's a good game. I'm going to say that's a three-star game. Really. I, I think because when you look at the Bengals against the 49ers, you're looking at a, a team here with the 49ers that struggled last week. They And really... Two losses in a row. Brock Purdy hasn't lost, uh, hasn't looked like himself. 425. Not many great four o'clock games. All eyes should be on Bengals 49ers. And, uh, you know, I, I do think the Bengals have improved as Joe Burrow's gotten more healthier. They're on a two game win streak. And I even think they, they could upset the Niners and make San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan go on a three game losing streak. So that's three stars as well. Brock Purdy was in concussion protocol. It's yet to be determined his status for Sunday. I think he'll be able to play. Ravens at Cardinals. Ravens win. And I, I'll say it's not a snooze fest because Lamar's back to his MVP form. So give me one star on that one. Chicago at the Chargers. Ugh. Chicago at the Chargers. Like, what are we doing? Why, why did anyone ever think that that was going to be a decent game? No, thank you. I'm out. I'm out. Snooze fest. <laughs> All right, if we missed any good games, you can chime in 833-804-0910. Phone lines are always open. Commanders fans out there in Richmond, I want to hear from you. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Back in Richmond after two days in Charlotte, North Carolina for the ACC tip-off. Presented by Cowan Gates. Had some great conversations with Hokies head coach Mike Young. Uh, with the Lady Hokies head coach Kenny Brooks. Elizabeth Kitley, Georgia Amor. I mean, I could go on. I had such a great conversation with those Hokies. Uh, talked to UVA, Tony Bennett, Reese Beekman, Ryan Dunn. You can hear those interviews coming up today in about 30 minutes starting at 2 p.m. But right now it's time for the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth. What's up, Bill? Getting ready for a big game tonight. Syracuse is in town. Thursday night football at Lane Stadium. And the weather couldn't be any better for October 26th in Blacksburg. It feels like a July hmm. afternoon right now. Sunny and hot. I, I'm so looking forward to this game. It's going to be a big one. And I love how the Lady Hokies and the men's hoops teams, they were talking about, yeah, we got to get back to Blacksburg for that game. <laughs> Yeah, well, a Thursday night game in Blacksburg. I mean, this is a this is a religious experience. Classes are <laughs> classes are canceled for the afternoon, uh, and I've, I doubt very few uh, kids will be in class tomorrow morning. Maybe one or two will trickle into that big lecture hall. Yeah, uh, but it's a big game for the Hokies, and and they're all big. And when when you look back in September and you saw a one and three start, you wouldn't think you'd be playing for a whole lot here at the end of October, but they've. Uh, 
to this point, appear to have turned it around a little bit. But we'll see how they play tonight after the open date last week. You know, they got a little bit of a rest, as did Syracuse. And we'll see how they play tonight. Bill, I believe sharpshooter Hunter Couture told me that he took your class. Do you have any football players in your class? We do. We we've, we have hundreds of athletes that have, are involved in SMA over the years. I will tell you the most successful financially SMA product uh, to this point was likely Hendon Hooker, <laughs> who, who went to Tennessee and signed a very lucrative NIL deal. Oh, yeah. I said, I said Hooker, you're, you're making more money than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still in school at Tennessee. You know, they, they brought Peyton Manning in there to do the professor of practice thing for Tennessee's program over there. But, yeah, we had Couture in that class. We have all sorts of athletes, all, all the different sports. It's a popular major with our athletes here. So Chiron Drones has really come on strong the last few games. What's yeah. it going to take to beat Syracuse? You know, I think it comes down to the defense. I, I think Drones and the offense are going to be in pretty good shape. The the issue is that Syracuse, they, they run the ball so well, and they pushed Purdue around on the road and won, and that was a Purdue team that beat the Hokies at Lane Stadium. So I think for Tech to win tonight, it can't let Schrader have – he's their quarterback. He can't have one of these massive running games like he did a year ago or two years ago. Uh, he, he ran for 174 yards against the Hokies mm -hmm. and, and, and as, a, as the quarterback. And LaQuint Allen, who's their running back and their leading receiver, he's, he's really explosive. And this is a huge game for Syracuse. So, you know, they started the year 4-0, oh, uh, and oh, and then conference play began, mm -hmm. and they're 0-3. They lost to Clemson, to North Carolina, and to Florida State. All lopsided games. They've been outscored 112-24 to 24 the last three games. So... Not good. <laughs> you know, they've only scored once in each game. And uh, hopefully the Tech defense can, can slow them down tonight. I, I hope the crowd can, can mess them up a little bit offensively. Tech's crowd has been really good. They were impactful in the pit game at night. And I think they can be that way again this evening. I love how you said Thursdays in Blacksburg is like a religious experiment. I mean, it's just so cool. And I have great memories of going to a Thursday night game against Georgia Tech, I think in 2013 or 14, and they blow them blew them out. But how have the Hokies done historically on Thursday night? Well, they've lost their last three, but that's a small sample size. Mm -hmm. Overall, they are 23-12 and 12 on Thursday games. And at one point, they ripped off 11 wins in a row. Uh, on Thursday nights, and it's always a big game. And I will tell you this: uh, it was 16 years ago tonight, October 26th, 2007. 16 years ago tonight, the Hokies played number eight Clemson on a Thursday night at Lane Stadium, and it felt like this: it was it was warm, and it was unseasonably warm. And Clemson was really good. C.J. Spiller, and, and that was uh, Tommy Bowden was their coach. Mm -hmm. Clemson was ranked in the top ten, and the Hokies beat them bad, 20, 24 to six. And Brandon Orr had a big game rushing, and I remember the, the, how the crowd really impacted that game. And that was kind of the beginning of the end for Coach Bowden at Clemson. By the way, they kind of struggled, and then again the following year, and, and then they made the coaching change at Clemson. But uh, that was a that was a big night, sixteen years ago this evening. How, how insane is it that this team could be playing for second place in the ACC if they're able to get the win? They Yeah, they, well, they'd be tied for second in a three-way tie, at least after the game, and then we'll see what happens on Saturday. But, yeah. you know, it, 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 in the bigger picture, it, it, if the Hokies win tonight, they're 4-4 four and four going into November. Yeah. 
and they need to win two of their final four to get bowl eligible. And the final four games are three of the four on the road. They got to go to Louisville. They got to go to Boston College. The game against UVA is on the road, and then a home game with NC State. So that's the final four. If the Hokies win tonight, they're going to have to win two of those four to get to six wins and to. Uh, be eligible for a bowl. Now, the interesting thing is, Adam, if that does happen, if that does happen, that means Tech will have five conference wins. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which puts you in line for a, a, a decent bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like Clemson and Miami already have three conference losses. I mean, the Hokies could end up in a, in a better bowl than you might think if they can get to six, if they can get to six, and they're going to have to win tonight to have a really good shot at that. Yeah, I, I was saying earlier on the show today that it feels like, you know, a season that, that could have been doom and gloom is all of a sudden you're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, and it seems like Coach Pry is in a groove right now. Well, I think the change at quarterback was huge. Yeah. I mean, it's a different team with drones at QB. I wanted him to start the season, Bill. You know that. <laughs> Every touchdown that has been scored for by a Virginia Tech player this year has been scored by a transfer. <laughs> right? Yeah. And Jalen Lane has been so awesome. Lane has been great, and Tootin's been great. And, yeah, I mean, you just look around. And, of course, you know, Kyron transferred from Baylor. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a new era in college football, and you can, you can help yourself in a hurry, and they've done that. Now, what we – you know, we're missing Ollie Jennings. And yeah. you kind of wonder, like, how the season would have gone, particularly early, because I, I, I he was the leading receiver in America last year. And you take, them, take him out – so the injury to him and Gallo, I think that really hurt. Obviously, it hurt because Gallo had 40 catches a year ago, and Jennings was a, was a, such a prolific receiver who transferred in. So you took those two kids out, and then you play on the road at Rutgers and get beat in the Marshall game. They got beat. and But it's a different team now, and I'll be curious to see how they handle this game tonight because they're really young. In fact, both teams are young. If you take a look – a year from now, two years from now, if they play again, we don't know what the ACC schedule is going to look like. But if these two teams play again in 2025, 85, 90% of the players are still eligible. Yeah. Like everyone's coming back for Tech, and everyone's a sophomore for Syracuse, So other than Schrader. So I think when you take a look at where these two programs are, they're, they're kind of looking at 500, seven wins maybe as a ceiling. But for Tech – in two years, you're going, to be, you're going to be going to battle with a lot of these same guys. Yeah, I love to hear that. And we've been talking a lot about the offense, but I didn't realize Hokies are tied for the top spot in the ACC in sacks per game, averaging 3.14. Yeah. yeah, 22 sacks. They had they had seven against Wake, and, and APR has been the guy. Antoine Powell-Ryland, he's a transfer, right? He came from Florida. You know, he had four sacks against Wake in the last game. That ties the school record. Do you know who held it before? No. You don't. I don't know if many Hokie fans would. One of the people who had four sacks in a game is his current defensive line coach, J.C. Price. Another is a a gentleman by the name of Morgan Roan who had four sacks in a game against William & Mary in 1985. Hmm. Who else do you think, Awad, would have had a four-sack game at Virginia Tech? Bruce Smith. Yep. Ha! Hey, give me some credit. Give me a ding for that stuff. There you go. Bruce Smith did it. He did it several times. Yeah. And he was, you know, Bruce was, uh, you know, when he retired from the NFL, he was the all-time NFL sacks leader. I think that has been eclipsed, correct? Mm-hmm. Reggie White, 
or you know, and Darnold might get them both, right? I'm trying to remember because you only remember back then you only played 14 games, right? Right. In the regular season, yeah. We had three extra games, and you do that over the course of five years, you have more chances to get sacks. But uh, Bruce was the, was the all-time sacks leader. But APR has done a great job in that regard. He's going to be key tonight. You know, they've got to do a good job of containing Garrett Schrader. This is a this is a really pivotal game in the. Uh, it's a swing game. You know what I mean? It's a swing game in the evolution of Pry and this staff and this team and the program. Because if you can get the four and four getting into November, a lot of crazy fun things can happen in November when you have motivation and when you have excitement. And that's where they are right now. There's a lot of passion and excitement. You said you felt it on the, uh, from our basketball players in Charlotte the last couple of days at the kick at the ACC tip off, you can feel it on campus. Yeah, this campus right now, it's buzzing over Hokies football. And you want to win your home games. You got to win our home games. So we'll see what happens tonight. You know, Syracuse has won here in the past. They won here a couple of years ago. Like I said, with Schrader and, and the kid that caught the receiver, Damian Alford. He was the, he caught the winning catch. He's back. So they've got some guys who have had some success in, in Blacksburg. So the crowd will be huge tonight, and uh, we're looking forward to it. And uh, we'll talk with everybody here on the fan this evening. 7.35 kick. Yep, 5.30 broadcast begins, right? Yep, yep. It'll be a lot of fun. Zach Mackey, Mike Burnup. We've got uh, – and we're going to have Coach Young from men's basketball, Coach Brooks from women's basketball, our, our wrestling coach. Wow. Our coach Roby on tonight during the broadcast. So a lot to get to tonight. We have uh, – you know, we've got a lot to talk about, a lot of great things happening at Tech and in Tech Athletics, and so we're going to do our, do our best tonight to tell all those stories. Well, we'll catch up again next week. Sounds good, buddy. Thank you. Yep, that was the Cowan Gates Hokies Update with Bill Roth. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910. The Fan now at 105.1 FM live from ACC tip-off in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's media day on the men's side here with me right now. Cameron Hildreth, Wake Forest. How are you enjoying media day? I'm enjoying it. First time here, obviously. It's a great atmosphere, seeing everyone from different teams, you know, experience talking to different people and stuff. But so far, I'm really enjoying it. Give me a little bit about your basketball background. Uh, Basketball background, I've been playing since I was very young. Uh, My dad used to play professionally. Um, I actually met my granddad at a basketball game. Uh, because I was so young. Um, you know, I've, I've always wanted to come to college in America and play basketball. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm fulfilling my dream as of now. So how was getting recruited to Wake Forest? What was that like? It was interesting. It was actually during the COVID uh, b- period. So I was overseas, and I couldn't take any visits to see schools. So I was really just going on relationships through Zoom calls, texting, and stuff like that. So it was really difficult. Um, but like I just felt you know Wake Forest was a great fit for me you know like great relationships I love coach Forbes I love the program and stuff so you know it's a great university as well for school and education so my parents felt safe with me coming here um, but yeah the, the recruiting process were really uh, fun and a enjoyable experience so yeah so where were you overseas I was from London basically South London uh, Worthing area I don't know how well you know that overseas. I, I know a little bit about it from because I'm a soccer fan mm-hmm. all right uh, what, what team do you sport Chelsea okay me too I oh dude it. my man we, we just go. became best friends there we go, there we, go. <laughs> we could just spend the rest about. of the time talking right. about Chelsea <laughs> we can we're champions of the world yeah but uh, it's They're struggling, uh, the struggling right now <laughs> yeah. all right so, uh, let me let me ask you this because I, I love talking Chelsea uh-huh. is Mudrick the truth or is he just uh, another one of these like wannabe Eden Hazards? Look, I love Eden Hazard. Like I can't put anyone else in his name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm gonna have to go if he's trying to be a wannabe right now. But we'll have to see how he does, how he performs. But you know, 
No, no consistency can, right now. There's no consistency. You can't compare someone to Eden Hazard either because he was one of the most consistent football players for Chelsea, though. So, so um, let me just one more one more Chelsea question here. Uh -huh, all right, I'm ready. Um, I think our American owner has ruined it. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm, an, I'm a diehard English fan, so mm -hmm. anyone that comes over to the program and yeah. tries to change things up, it's gonna be a little bit stickier issues, but. I don't know. I, I think he's doing some good things, bringing in different players and stuff, but I don't know. He's kind of messing the program up a little yeah. bit. Though, Did you hear lie. the story that uh, that he he came into Thomas Tuchel and he said, I want you to play a 4-3-3. No, no, a 4-4-3. Four, four, the formation? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's just not even talk about that formation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not going to work. Like, yeah. It's bad formation. <laughs> no. But we'll just let it slide. Maybe you Americans think it's a good formation, <laughs> but over in England, I'm telling you, it's not a good formation. So, so growing up in London, mm -hmm. everyone probably played soccer, right? Yeah. So how did you get into basketball? Because your dad? Yeah, well, I played football soccer at a young age as well I actually played for an academy it was like a Portsmouth academy which is a high level mm -hmm. and it was at the age of like 10 I had to decide whether I'm going to go to basketball or, or football and I chose the basketball route and I don't really regret it I do miss playing football sometimes you know it's like some of those things you just watch it and you're like damn I miss kicking the ball around my friends or like I miss it but but yeah I was always involved with football and I've always been involved with basketball because my family so yeah that's how kind of that's how it kind of planned out so you come overseas mm -hmm. to Wake Forest and, and you're playing hoops here and um it's so interesting because you're in one of the best conferences mm -hmm. in the country. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the craziest thing about the ACC is every night, you know, there could be an upset. Every night right. there's going to be a game down to the wire. Mm -hmm. How have you enjoyed that? Yeah, I have enjoyed it. Every game has been an experience. Every game, you know, you can have ups and downs, like you said. Like, it's basketball. It's a sport. Anything can happen. Um, ACC is obviously a great competition, whether it's, you know, first in the league versus last in the league. It's still going to be a good game. Um, and that's something I like really came to ACC. I came to America. I was like, you know, Wake Forest in the ACC, I'm going to be able to compete every night, play against great players, you know, play for a great coach and be around that area. So I was, I was really uh, grateful that I had this opportunity. What are your expectations for this season? To get to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. That's the plan. I think we have I think we have a really good chance. We fell short a couple of times you know, last year and the year before. Um, we just, you know, we lost a few games by like two or three points and that really hurt us in the long run. So hopefully we can just maintain that goals and achieve what we want to achieve what did you want to improve on I think the biggest thing for me is just my decision making and uh, shooting confidence from the three mm -hmm. um, you know I made more threes last year than I did my freshman year but it's all mental it's all confidence I know I'm you know I know what I'm capable of doing I know what my teammates are capable of doing for me just con continuing to be a leader um, and making the right decisions on offense. With your football, soccer background, you know people always talk about getting in right form, mm -hmm. right? And then once you're there, you can you know sustain that level. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the same in basketball. Do you? Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, they're, they're two different sports, so it's kind of hard to judge. But when I was doing it as a kid, it was definitely something. It's like, look, I'm playing football with this, and I've got to play basketball like this. It's a different like conditioning. Like yeah. you got to understand different like styles of playing and stuff like that. Like you almost have to be a little more selfish in basketball, right? You do. Like on football, you're able to kind of just like take a, take care of one place. Like if you're a midfielder, you just worry about the middle. You strike here up front, defend about you know you know that stuff. But like mm -hmm. basketball, you're, you're constantly moving. Like it's like you got to be locked in at all times like you can never take plays off whereas football you know you might be able to walk up the pitch a little bit and chill <laughs> but basketball was intense all the time how have you improved on the defensive end on uh defense i've definitely improved in just like understanding like learning the new rules you know the new acc refs are coming with for a couple of scrimmages that we've had and just learning about like what the fouls are what aren't fouls like walking up at people and stuff so i think just learning about you know staying in front of my defender like not making as much contact and just trying to uh, uh, like 
deflect passes more, especially try and get in the lanes and, and, and help us get more opportunities on offense. ACC is filled with guys that are going to go to the league. Mm -hmm. How do you have? Uh, how do you trust your confidence in one-on-one -on -one situations against some of the best defenders? Yeah, I mean, it's confidence. Like you said, it's, it's all it is. When you're in the game, you kind of locked in, not really thinking about too much. Like, it doesn't matter whoever's in front of me. Like, I know what I'm capable of doing, and I'm going to get to my spot, and I, and I feel like I'm doing that uh, so far. So I'm excited to see where the season goes, and, and I'm excited for this team. Absolutely. So um, when you look at your team this year, mm -hmm. what are the biggest strengths? Chemistry, honestly. Mm. I think we have a great chemistry on and off the court, and I think the chemistry off the court enables us to have the great chemistry on the court. Um, you know, we trust each other. We trust one another, like what we're capable of doing, our strengths. We trust, we just, over, like I said, we just trust each other. We know that if I make the pass, he's going to make the right read. Or if I, if I hit him, I know he's going to make the shot. Like, it, like, I think that's really important for us to be able to take the next step to be able to get to the tournament is, is just purely chemistry. And I think that's one of the strengths we have this year. Being an international basketball player, how do you feel seeing Team USA, not what they used to be yeah. in international basketball. They didn't even make, uh, what, bronze, silver, right. nothing. Yeah, I know. It's crazy because when I was younger, obviously, I went to the 2012 Olympics. Okay. So I watched them when it was LeBron and, you know, all those great The redeem team, The redeem right? team of yeah. 2012, yeah. So I was able to watch them. And, and, you know, Spain always gave them a good run, but you know, they always fell short. But this, like, the last few years, you know, USA team going down a little bit, but... I can't really talk much because GB, <laughs> we, we struggle <laughs> We struggle when it comes to the European tournaments. But I think, you know, I've been seeing some things about, like, LeBron and KD, Steph all trying to play, Devin Booker all going to come back and play this year. So it'll be exciting to see if they can actually come back and, and do something for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I question if that was just them speaking up because it went national that <laughs> they lost. Mm -hmm. Or, like, are they really going to sign up? Going to do you know it, what right? I mean? There's a difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, offensively for you, mm -hmm. if you have a great game, what would some of the stats look like for that? Um, I mean, a great game for me is, like, doing a bit of everything. Like, uh, last, last year I had a triple-double. So, you know, I like to, I like to facilitate. I mm -hmm. like to rebound because I like to work hard. And I think I get to my spots on offense. I think a good game, you know, at like around, like, 15 points, like six assists, four or five rebounds. I think that's a solid game for me. And then, like, I don't really think necessarily about the offensive side too, like defensively, like holding the person I'm guarding to a certain amount of points or trying to get them to turn the ball over more than they usually do and stuff like that. I think that's what like classifies me as having a good game. Well, good luck this season, man. Thank you. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I appreciate taking the time. I've Thank enjoyed you. this. And uh, I'll be keeping in touch with you on social media. Watch out, all right? <laughs> I if, will. If you're, are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. Believe yeah, me, you're going to you're gonna hear tweets from me on Saturdays about Chelsea. Love it. All right, man. <laughs> Great meeting awesome. you. Awesome. You as well. Thank you. Fall sounds like this. Have you ever heard of a double team, you dummy? Jack Del Dummy? AWOD Radio. You want a glimpse inside his mind. Welcome to the NFL, Ron Rivera. You got your ass whooped because you didn't have a game plan. Weekdays from noon to 3 on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 1051 FM. It's Halloween. <laughs> Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, live and local Monday through Friday in Richmond, Virginia. But today we're broadcasting live from Charlotte, North Carolina, the Uptown Hilton here for 2023 ACC tip-off. And joining me right now, Coach Adrian Autry at Syracuse. What's going on, Coach? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing great. What are your thoughts on media day? You know, this is my first one. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of uh – when we did, uh, we had our coaches, ACC coaches meeting uh, in the spring. Um, but, you know, it's fun. You get a chance to, you know, see uh, 
other coaches and other players and camaraderie of the of the league. Sometimes that kind of gets lost in competition that this is a league and you know we we are you know seen as 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 one whole. So I think it's good. So did you ever do media day as a player then? I did media day as a player, but it was years ago, so I'll just <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> it was a bunch of newspaper and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and not oh, much yeah. TV. Um, so congratulations on being named head coach. How excited are you for this opportunity? Super excited, uh, super honored, privileged, humbled. Uh, I can go on and on, but I'm excited, looking forward to it. Um, you know, at my alma mater, you know, it's a dream come true for me. And I'm just you know, looking, forward to push, looking forward to pushing the program forward. So we have a ton of ACC fans in Richmond, and they all want to know what style of defense will you have your guys play? Oh, man, you know, we'll, we'll mix it up a little bit, you know, but um, I think, you know, this year going to this year, our primary defense will be man-to-man, but we will play zone um, uh, depending on what, what, that, what that situation is. What has been your coaching philosophy on defense? I mean, because Syracuse known for the 2-3 zone, but you already said you like to play man. Yeah, man-to-man, uh, you know, we, we want to try to, you know, make teams – uh, you know, try to contest shots, make teams, you know, try to get, try to limit three-point shots. You know, I think my philosophy is probably is up there with everyone else's, you know. So, you know, same principles, same things, you know, just really trying to make people work and, and, and get into their legs a little bit more. How has the history of success at Syracuse helped you kind of convince some guys to come play with you? Oh, it's everything. Yeah. You know, the history, the tradition, uh, you know, again, the brand. You know, uh, you know, I lean into it. It was one of the reasons why I went here to, um, uh, years ago, and it's still going, and it's still alive, and it's still strong. But I, I lean into it a lot. You know, it's, it's what makes it's what makes it's what makes our program. So, what are your expectations for your first season at Syracuse? You know, my expectations is for us to get better as the year goes, or for us to compete um, when you when the game is over with. You know, whether it's win lose, um, you know people say hey man they 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 really got after it you know they they compete you know and i think those are the expectations and and getting that consistency night in and night out and i think everything else will take care of itself i'm adam epstein this is awad radio live from radio row with syracuse head coach adrian autry you were great passing fifth in career assists at syracuse how important is the extra pass in your style of offense it's very important uh the way we want to play and uh, again yes i was a point guard so uh, sharing the ball is, is, is exciting. It's, it's important. I think it keeps everyone involved. Uh, and it's a big part of what we do. You know, we have a couple of passing drills and a couple of drills where, you know, we get out and we, you know, we talk about sharing. You know, I think uh, once you once that, you can get teams to buy into that. It becomes contagious, and I think you become a better team offensively for sure. ACC is such a talented conference. feels like when conference play begins, you guys always beat each other up. So, with that being said, how important is when you schedule non-conference opponents? It's very important, um, but you got to find that balance. As you know, uh, once you get into conference play, like you said, the, the, the battles, the ups and downs, uh, as far as, you know, towards the end of the year when you're thinking about that, it's kind of hard to make those moves, um, to move, make movement. You know, until you get to a conference tournament, until other things kind of play out. Um, and, and again, you, but I think you have to challenge yourself a little bit uh, before you go into conference play because the conference, like you said, is so competitive and it's so tough. And I think it's no different than most conferences. You know, the familiarity with everybody, it's just a, it's just a battle. Coach, so I'm a VCU alum. We've got a new yeah. coach this year. So, you know, I've always wondered when you take over a program, are you thinking I want to, you know, I want to hit the ground running? Or are you saying, hey, it's going to take me three or four years to get the recruits to play the style that I want. You know what era we in right now? Yeah. No patience. No patience. Right? So you got to hit the ground running or you got to hit the ground and you got to be able to show 
uh, improvement. Mm-hmm. You got to show progress. Um, again, you know, it's you know, being it, those days of kind of building up. You know, you got to kind of build it as you right right away. You know, so again, sometimes you know that that's that's the thing that that I think is always a struggle in, in today's you know athletics is that you know it's not really a lot of patience. How much do you have a relationship with former Orangemen that have gone on to the NBA? There's so many of them. Of course, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I still talk to those guys. Those guys have all rallied around at some point and reached out to me. We've had some of our guys come back. Jeremy Grant, uh, Arenze Anawaku, uh, Lawrence Moten, John Wallace, uh, Derek Coleman, Billy Owens. Uh, all those guys have reached out. I mean, I'm probably missing some Eric Devendorf, Demetrius Nichols. All yeah. those guys have reached out, and everyone's excited. I love that. I've had Dorf on the show before. He's the man. Dorf's the man, Devo. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Uh, so you mentioned, you know, recruiting, right? And things have changed completely because you got an NIL and the transfer portal. And you even have guys from your team now going to another school right in the <laughs> conference. So, I mean, when you, when you see something like that, what does it make you think? You know what? Uh, it's just what it is. Yeah. I think you got to adjust and adapt because if you don't adjust and adapt – you know, is you know again, as there's opportunity for other teams, or you lose people, you got to look at it as an opportunity for you to build and maybe you know help your team, help your program. That's how you got to look at. It. That's how I look at it. And uh, it's funny, a big part of recruiting has now become social media, right? With all these kids, they're making a ton of money on Instagram, TikTok, and all that stuff. So I've been pulling out my phone during interviews here. <laughs> I want to ask you, how much time do you spend on social media? Uh, I probably. Spent a little bit more than I've had in the past. Probably eh, about 30 minutes, 25, 30 minutes throughout, you know, five minutes here, five minutes there, stuff like that. So I follow it. And do you track your players on there? I don't. Okay. I don't. But we we, we have some. You hear about it if, if one of them goes viral oh, yeah. or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck this season, Coach. Thanks Thank so you. much for joining the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep. Take care. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.